Well, hey everyone, Athena Dean Holtz here, and welcome to the All Things Podcast, where we gather once a week to learn and share stories about how God works all things together, writing a story of good, because He is faithful and good. Think about it, 2020 has turned many of our lives upside down, so who couldn't use a major dose of hope? I'd like to ask you to share this podcast with friends or on your social media outlets and perhaps review it on Apple so others will find this podcast easily. Every Wednesday, I'll be chatting with a friend who I know and respect, one of our Redemption Press authors, who will not only share a personal Romans 8.28 story, but also help to give you tips and tools for your life journey. Two episodes a month, we'll have an additional interview with a well-known author, and sprinkled in along the way will be additional Romans 828 stories from our She Writes for Him bootcamp graduates and others the Lord brings my way. So let's get started. Welcome to today's episode of the All Things Podcast. I am super excited to introduce you to two Redemption Press authors today. The first is Paige Geske, who has overcome so much. Her life is a testimony to the faithfulness of God. Then in the second half of the show, you're going to meet Sharon Richardson. And interestingly enough, she actually learned about Redemption Press from Paige Geske. So I thought it'd be great to have them on the show together. So before I roll my conversation with Paige, I would love to give her a proper introduction. Paige Geske is a Christian communicator that likes to encourage people who may find themselves in unwanted or unexpected transitions in life. If you lean into God and his word during these times, and if you choose joy in adversity and remain positive, God can indeed refine your misery into beauty. Now, can you tell this is a very timely message for this whole country going through COVID and going through unexpected transitions in life? Wow. Her greatest joy is being able to point folks to the Lord during their times of despair and discouragement. She currently works in the advertising industry for a national company. Prior to that, she earned a BA in communication studies from Virginia Tech and was a former pastor with InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. She is the mother of three adult sons. Paige enjoys hiking, road biking, kayaking, snowshoeing, and anything that allows her to be outside moving in God's beautiful creation. She currently resides in Southeast Idaho. And just a few little known facts about Paige. She is a colon cancer survivor and is a huge advocate for colon cancer awareness. She has completed numerous 100-mile century bike rides has walked a full marathon and several half marathons. She spends four to five nights a week at a biking gym. She loves walking her dog and hiking the beautiful landscapes in Idaho or wherever she may be traveling. She also is an eating disorder survivor, and this disease led her to accept Jesus as her Lord and Savior. She's the oldest of two daughters, and her parents and sister all reside in the South, 
Paige is the mother of a 30-year-old transgender son, so her only daughter and oldest child became her oldest son about eight years ago. She likes to help parents navigate that terrain if they find themselves in a similar situation. So let's go ahead and roll that tape. Well, Paige, it has been a long time coming to have you on the All Things Podcast, and I've been so looking forward to this time with you. Thank you so much for joining us today. You are so welcome, and thank you for having me. I'm very honored. You bet. So before we actually, I've got some questions for you for today, but I want to just have our listening audience hear your Romans 828 story. and your entire book is that's it's just one big Romans 828 story. But I would love for you to just, you know, take the next 10, 15 minutes and share what God has done in your life where things looked like they couldn't get any worse and he turned them for good. Okay. And where do you want me to start? <laughs> I'm going to let you make that call. How's that? Okay. <laughs> You know, Romans 8.28 is a beautiful verse because it basically declares that when we love him, that all things work together for good. And especially when we know that we're called according to his purpose. And I'd say my story really began back in high school, college, when I was really searching for searching for acceptance, searching for for love and at that particular time, I was looking in all the wrong places, which is usually what we do. But my place happened to be, I just wanted to be thin. I just wanted to, I thought if you were thin, then you were accepted and you ended up getting married and have a wonderful life and everything was just great. So basically my story started with an eating disorder in end of high school, beginning of college. And it was a very difficult, difficult thing. I, I got very, very sick. And, but fortunately God used all of that to bring me to him. Mm. I was surrounded by college students with InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. And I saw the love and the peace that they had in themselves and the contentment. And I wanted that. And so it was through those relationships and a precious college roommate named Margie inviting me to church that even though I had been raised in the church, raised in a beautiful Christian family, so no abuse, no trauma there at all. But in that situation, nobody had ever talked about all it is is a relationship. You just need to have a relationship with Jesus. And so it was there during a church service that I first realized that if you believe and receive, then you can have a relationship with him. And so I tell people I didn't go home that day and order dominoes. That didn't happen. But the Lord really started teaching me to eat and, and that it was okay to eat and how to do that in a healthy way. Mm. And so through through that experience of having a disease, I had to get to the end of myself 
before I could find him and, and find complete abundant life in him. So I have a question for you on yeah. the eating disorder. When you would look at yourself in the mirror, did you, was it just completely, you were seeing something that really wasn't there? And that's yes, why it's very you... much part of the disease. So, and I didn't say, I actually had anorexia. Okay. Yes, you can look at yourself and be 103 pounds and you look like a concentration camp victim, but you don't see that. It's, it's very much a mental disease. Right. So, yeah. how, so, when, so when you began then that relationship with Christ, how did that, I'm sure it was a process of you coming out of that, the way that you looked at yourself, did that change? quickly or did that take a while? You know, I think it was a lot of scripture, you know, and just really realizing our identity in him. And one that really ministered to me and I talk about in my book is that our their body is the temple. And so if we're not taking care of the temple and if we've we've asked him into our life and received him and the Holy Spirit and that's all living within us, well if we're trying to destroy destroy it, Mm. that's not a good thing. Right. Right. So it was, I mean, I tell people that I felt like the Lord had to first heal me spiritually before he could heal me physically. Okay. So he had to bring me to himself with a heart and head knowledge before he could heal my body and help me to see how to heal my body. Amen. So that, that was the beginning. That was just one Romans 8:28 story in your bigger Romans 8:28 story. So so what was the next step then? I'd say the next big step, well I ended up getting married, I ended up adopting a child and then having two two children in that marriage. And then my marriage just started kind of falling apart. I, I would say that the real Beginning of that was my husband at the time decided to accept a job in another state and left our family for the job. And so for a year, we were traveling back and forth and it was very difficult. And then at at the end of that year, driving back from vacation with my oldest child at the time, my oldest child was a daughter, we had an accident and it was a very, very horrific car accident. And I had to have 11 surgeries and was in two different trauma centers for 25 days and then in a a hospital bed for three months and did have to learn to walk again. And I think the key for me in all of that was that at my lowest point, both physically and probably spiritually, I was also abandoned emotionally by by your husband, by somebody that you think is going to be there and they're not. And so in that, I obviously Jesus was, I mean, he's always been on the throne, but I mean, he was on the throne and really all I had, I mean, I had three small children, six, 11 and 15 when that happened and lived far away from any family. And my mom had to come and take care of me. And So I realized through all of that, that my husband wasn't coming back and that I had to make a decision. And so I ended up having to file for divorce Hmm. in a wheelchair. Wow. And you were how, and how old were you at this point? 
So that was 2007, 2008, and I am now 55, so early 40s. Okay, okay. Wow, so you had to learn how to walk again. Mm -hmm. I mean, all of that while processing the loss of your marriage. Right. Wow. So tell me how God got you through that. You know, he was so faithful. I mean, so faithful in in his love for me through his word and through prayers being answered. And and I journal a lot. So I'd, I'd keep, I'm in a bed. So you have a lot of time to write and a lot of time to write out prayers, which I like to do. And he, he really showed me and met me through community, through through his people, how they, you know, would just help. They would bring meals and they would come and visit and they would help my mom out or take my kids places. And for me, I would say I was one of those people that I hated to ask help for anything. Very, very independent. And it was during that process that the Lord really taught me you need to ask for help. Yeah. You need to ask me and you, you need to ask my people. And I really learned through that process that it's okay to ask for help and that that's, that's how the body's made to work, to function all together. Well, and to allow them to be Jesus with skin on in your mm-hmm. Absolutely. Wow. So then after that, there was more Romans 8, 28, full circles for you even after the car wreck, right? Right. So the accident happened in 2007. The divorce was final in 2008. And then I became a single parent and working full time and ended up having to sell the house that I'd grown up with, you know, our our kids in and it was just too big and all of that. So that was hard. That was a loss to have to give that up, but it was the right thing to do. And then I lost a job. And so that was not expected. And so I had to, again, go, Lord, what are you doing? And he was very faithful in in providing actually the job that I'm in right now that I've been in for six years. And then I turned 50 in 2000 and what, 2015. And so that was traumatic enough to turn 50. And I did (laughs) I didn't go and get a colonoscopy. And so during that next year, I was actually training for a hundred mile bike ride. I wanted to do a century and had never done one before and had gotten into road biking. And I just, I wasn't feeling good. I just, I didn't feel good at all. And so I can't even tell you how strong there was just this sense in December, like you don't have enough going on in December. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a pandemic. So it was like really Christmas. Like we were really, <laughs> there was a lot going on. Right. And I, I went in, I scheduled a colonoscopy at 51 and I went in and had it and they were like, oh, we're so glad you came in. And I said, oh yeah, me too. I'm so glad to get this over. And they said, no, I don't think you understand. And then they explained to me that I had a stage 2B cancer colon cancer in my cecum of my colon and that I needed to have immediate emergency surgery as soon as possible. And this was December 21st. Oh my. 
So just a couple days before Christmas. Wow. So I had surgery on December 30th of that year. And then, you know, you have to go through, they have to determine if it's spread. And fortunately it had not gone anywhere. The Lord again was very faithful, gracious. I never had to have chemo. I never had to have radiation. It was just a surgery that took it all. And this year it'll be what f- next year it'll be five years out 2001 i mean two, two, 2021 so i still have to have you know blood work done every year and i have to have a colonoscopy every year but i i really i was in the process of writing my book up to 2016 and then this happened mm. and then i remember just getting kind of mad at myself like you know here god has given me this god story And I want to be able to share it with people so they can see him and see his work and see what he's done. And so after I got well and through the the cancer treatment and all that kind of stuff, then that's when I got even more serious about, and that's when I reached out to you and that's how my book got done. Wow. So, so the hits just kind of kept on coming. I mean, first your marriage, then your job, then your health. Right. Wow. And that just seems to be when he is so much more evident in our lives when we're drowning, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Right. So how did you land on the subtitle from wreckage to redemption? I was at a writing workshop with Wendy Walters in Oklahoma, actually. And we were just doing a brainstorming around the table. And I kind of landed on milepost 95 as the title because that was the actual milepost where my accident happened. And so then when we were talking about it, we just brainstormed and she said, well, what about wreckage to redemption? And I was like, okay, I really like that because to me it symbolizes you have internal wreckage and external wreckage, which I did from yep. my accident, both internal, emotionally, and external from all the injuries. But God can redeem all of that. That's who He is. He redeems us from the inside out. So to me, I really liked that title because it was easy to explain to people. And then when people ask, like you just asked, then there's a very clear breakdown of it. So you have overcome so much. I mean, there's more, but you know, those are just some the big highlights of dramatic loss and God just using and turning things and and just using those losses to just show his faithfulness and give you open new doors and do new things in your life. So You've overcome so much. How do you keep Romans 8.28 in view so that you don't get discouraged? I think just remembering his faithfulness, you know, that he's, I think a lot of times when we get in these deep, dark places, and I mean, I think a lot of people are in the middle of this right now with this pandemic and having things taken away from them and things aren't the same. And what is this new normal? And but God's the same normal. Yep. You know, God has not changed. He is the same as he was yesterday, as today, as he will be tomorrow. 
And so I think just remembering that constantly that, you know, remembering the path that he's taken you on and where he's been with you and never left you, he's going to keep being with you and he's not going to leave you. Yeah. Remembering. I mean, and sometimes we forget, right? He does all these amazing things and we're so tunnel vision on what's happening right now that's in front of us that's you know we feel is destroying everything right we just stop for a minute look back and go okay you did that then you're the same yesterday today and forever which means you're gonna redeem this somehow it may not look like the way i think it should Mm -hmm. but that's who he is right absolutely wow so what is your favorite go-to verse when things get crazy and You've had lots of opportunities in the last eight months, I'm sure. Um, I would say, you know, I say my life first is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. You know, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Boom. That's just one I I go back to over and over again. Yep. And that is... It's all there. It's yeah. perfect. That's so good. So what do you hope readers will take away from Milepost 95? That they can get through difficult things, that wherever they are, they might not have any of the same struggles that I have, but to realize that they can be, there are a lot of transitions in my story where you had to transition from sick to well, from not walking to walking, (laughs) from job to no job, from losing a house to what do you mean I have cancer and now I have to deal with this. So a lot of transitions, but to realize that you can triumphantly get through those, not on your own strength, not on your own ability. Because believe me, I tried that. That just doesn't work. Can't (laughs) do Yeah. But with him, you can. You can get through difficult things. Yep. That is truth. And you're such a perfect example of that. I mean, everything that you have gone through without the Lord, I mean, you would just say, forget this. Yeah. Done. Yeah. (laughs) I'm out of here. So, so who do you feel like your main audience is? I feel, I used to think it was always women, just women in transition or, you know, needing to see some hope and that you can get things. But then as, as male readers have read it, I've, I've understood that, you know, they, they too identify with a lot of it, but I, I think a lot of women would definitely identify. I'd say 30 and on up probably. Okay. So as we kind of start to wrap this up, I would love to hear just your perspective on maybe some tips or tools of things that you've done that have helped you keep the truth of Romans 8.28 kind of in front of you, even when, you know, it just doesn't even look like God. God, How could you ever bring anything good out of this, God? I I don't see it, which I'm sure you've probably said to yourself more than once. Right, right. I would say 
I mean, obviously scripture is so, so important. I mean, you know, to know the truth, to be in the truth, to understand the truth, to be able to claim the truth and just that promise to us as his people. I mean, in that, in that scripture, it says that when we love God, so if we love God and we have that relationship with them, that's us, that's who we are. And then it doesn't just say some things, it says <laughs> all things, yep. it doesn't say several or every other, but it says all things work together. And, and sometimes that's not how we, how we think they're going to look or how they're, how they're going to come together in the puzzle. But we have to remember that he's sovereign and that he's in control and he's on the throne and his ways are higher than our ways. Mm. That's good. That's good. And that, and that is, that's the thing I think as we remember and remind ourselves, okay, this isn't catching him off guard. He is not sitting up in heaven, like with a furrowed brow, like, man, I didn't see that coming. You know, I mean, he's sovereign and if he's allowed it, then he's going to use it for his glory somehow, some way. Mm -hmm. And so to remind ourselves that he's sovereign and know that, you know, however he's going to work it, it is, it is going to be good. Mm -hmm. And wow. That is uh, the, and that, that scripture, that's right. I was thinking of the scripture that you shared of his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. So, you know, for us to just try and say, okay, God, I'm going to be excited about what you're going to do. I have no idea how you're going to do this, but he continues to give you opportunities one after another to trust him and to glorify him through what he does. And I right. love that in your life. It has been it has been an encouragement to me to see everything that you've gone through and how you have overcome. I mean, most people give up after, even after an accident like that, let alone all the other stuff on top of it. I remember one time somebody at, well, not just one time, but you know, didn't you ever get angry at God? Like, did you get mad at him? And you know, that never crossed my mind. Because I thought, how in the world would you be angry at a God that, that loves you, that you're called according to his purposes, and that, I, I mean, I didn't understand why certain things happened to me, but that didn't mean he didn't love me, want the best for me, was trying to refine me in the process. I mean, I wouldn't want to go and do it all over again. But I'm a much better person because of the things that he's allowed me to experience. Amen. The sanctification and the refinement that comes right. from those things. I mean, because when life's easy, we don't we don't get much refinement when, when everything's cushy, you know? Right, right. So wow. Well, this has just been such a joy to have you on and to be able to, I mean, I I always thought when you, when I first talked to you that first time and you told me what the subtitle was, I'm like, yes, <laughs> perfect book for Redemption Press. Right. Um, so if we have some, some folks listening today and they would like to connect with you online or on social media, what's the best way for them to do that? 
My website is pagesgeski.com. And then I'm also on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. I'm not much on Twitter, but Instagram and Facebook. So, okay. I would encourage anyone listening, get a copy of Milepost 95 from Wreckage to Redemption and get a few extra copies so that you can give them out as gifts. Because talk about an encouraging story that really is an inspiration. I would highly recommend those of you listening today to think about that for, we should start thinking now about Christmas gifts, right? Right. Absolutely. So, <laughs> so Paige, thank you so much for being with us today. It has just been a delight. Thank you. Thank you so much, Athena. So do you have a life experience when every time you share your story, others tell you, you need to write a book? Then this event is for you. Braveheart 2021 Virtual Writers Conference is your opportunity to hear from over 20 expert professionals in the publishing industry who will help guide and give you practical steps to gain the confidence to know where to start. Plus, we have keynote speakers and best-selling authors, Sheila Walsh and Allie Worthington, who will encourage you with their personal stories and inspire you to take a brave step of faith to tell your God story. We as the She Writes For Him team are so incredibly passionate about helping launch writers to tell their stories that we have a special offer going. If you sign up now to take advantage of the early bird discount of 50% off the regular conference registration, you will save $73. So register before December 31st for only $73. And if you'll head on over to SheWritesForHimConference.com, you will get all the information and be able to get in on that 50% off special. All right, we are back with the second half of today's podcast with Redemption Press author Sharon Richardson. And just so you can get to know her a little bit before we roll that conversation, Sharon earned a bachelor's degree in social work from Texas Christian University and went on to work 18 years as a probation officer. God then brought her home from work, which was when she completed seven years of Bible study fellowship. Sharon's heart is to see people healed both physically and emotionally, and she has served in the healing ministry at Gateway Church in Texas since 2009. She lives in the Dallas-Fort Worth area with her husband, Tommy, and their blended family, where they serve God through local ministry and global missions trips, currently traveling with Wheels for the World. They look for opportunities to minister God's love wherever they go. And boy, do they ever have an amazing Romans 8.28 story, which you are about to hear about. So here we go. So Sharon, I have been looking forward to our time together and welcome to the All Things Podcast. Thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to just join us today. Oh, Athena, thank you. I've been looking forward to this as well. Thank you for having me. 
You bet. So we're going to jump into your book, How Deep Is Your Love, which is your memoir. But we always start, because we've all got so many Romans 828 stories, we always start with just a little insight so our listeners can get to know you a little bit better and see how God has worked all things together for good in your life. So if you wouldn't mind sharing one of those amazing stories with us before we jump in and start talking about your book, that would be great. Sure. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Well, the one that comes to my mind right off has to do with my husband. And I call it my season of singleness. So yes, I did go through a divorce and God healed me from that. And that's a whole nother story. But during my season of singleness, I knew I was going to get married again. And I knew I was going to take this man's last name. I have a special needs daughter. Her name is Paige. And I knew that when I took this man's last name, my last name would be different than hers. So during one of my quiet times with God, you know, I was just having these heart-to-heart conversation with him, telling him, you know, God, I'm just a little sad about this. And I just journaled it. And that was that. So the day came when my heart started changing and I knew that my season of singleness was about to change. God was changing my heart. And I felt like somebody was coming on the scene. My prayer had always been to not allow anybody to have access to me except the one that God had for me. Mm. That was my prayer. And so when this man showed up and had access to me, it kind of got my attention. But what really got my attention is when he friended me on Facebook. And I looked at it and I didn't know who he was at first. And he made the comment, cool name. And I was like, cool name. Well, that's interesting. And so I took a closer look and found out that he has the same last name as me. <laughs> and so I love that. You're up here, God. I don't know what you're doing, but that got my attention. And fast forward nine months later, we are married. And so I was able to keep the same last name as my daughter. So that's uh, one thing that God did for me. Oh. What a great story. I just, you know, God cares about all those little things that, you know, it's a bit, they're a big deal to us, but you know, in the scheme of things, they're not really that big a deal. I, know. I mean, that was one of the deepest desires of my heart and he made it right for me. And obviously I did not share that with my husband until after we married. Wow. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, we could probably talk for another 20 minutes just about that whole, all the emotions and everything that went into having that happen. But we're going to jump into your book. And why did you write How Deep Is Your Love? Oh, my goodness. Well, How Deep Is Your Love is God's idea. I never intended to write a book. I never thought of myself as an author. It just wasn't in me, but people would come up to me and would mention, you know, I think you need to write a book and I think you need to write a book. So it wasn't going away. And that's how I've come to learn, you know, God speaks to us when that voice just doesn't go away. And so I went to a writing conference just to check things out. And I walked away thinking, this is still not me. 
And, you know, I met some good friends at that conference and they invited me to another one. And I was like, oh, my goodness, I enjoy your company. I love hanging out with you guys. But I just don't know that this is for me. So I, I fast forward. I went to another conference but I sat there and I said, God, why am I here? And I left that conference just in my heart, knowing if there's an opportunity here for me, I don't want to miss it. If this is something God wants me to do, I don't want to miss it. Probably six months later, I had a manuscript ready to go. Wow. Yeah. Wow. A step of faith. Yes. Yes. Amen. So would you say for your story that your audience is parents of children with special needs? Yes, my daughter does, Paige does have special needs, but I would say that my story is really, it goes beyond a mom with a special needs daughter. It's really a story about how God took me from a baby Christian to one who believes in creative miracles. I I found myself saying that over and over. I was such a baby Christian when she was born and I didn't even have a relationship with God. And there's just so many nuggets. People that have read the book have said, it's not what I thought it was. And there's so many things in the book that they just, it just has ministered to them in different ways that the, my faith, my faith journey, the way I learned how to hear from God, just it just goes on and on, the little nuggets throughout the book. So what is your desire then for those who read your story? What do you want them to walk away with? Well, first and foremost, it's really deep in my heart. There are so many people that do not have a relationship with God. And I like me, they go to church. I went to church for years and I went to church and I came home and I enjoyed the fellowship of church and I love the community of church. But it really wasn't until I learned that I could have a relationship with God that my life became what I call the abundant life. When I started being able to hear his voice and understand that he was speaking with me and I could have a relationship and I could actually go to him and get answers. That's when I I just came alive. And I was so excited because I wanted to tell other people that if you don't have this, you can have this too. And so that's really the ultimate thing. There's, you know, obviously my faith, you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so you know, I also have a really great level of faith because I have been in his word. I have read his word and he is the one that has deposited that faith. Mm, I love that. So you talk about God taking you from a baby Christian to one who believes in creative miracles. Tell us a little bit about that. How, how did that happen? What did that look like? Yeah. So like I mentioned, I grew up in the church and I felt like Going to church was just somebody, you know, you just go to church to be a good person. And it wasn't until my daughter Paige was born and she had so many difficulties and challenges and I just didn't even know how to handle it that God actually, that I actually needed more than people around me. I needed something more than that. And so that's when God actually showed up for me for the first time in my life. I was, you know, 29 years old. 
And so that's when he first started, he showed up for me and I realized that he was real. But then it wasn't until I went through my divorce many years later that he took me to another level. I didn't know anything about the prophetic. I didn't know what that was. I knew prophecy was in the Bible, but it caused me to look a little bit deeper into what that means because I received a prophetic word and I didn't know what that meant. And the person that said something to me said I would get married again and my daughter would get up out of her chair, her wheelchair and walk. And so I knew I would get married again, but I didn't know about a God that could have my daughter get up out of a wheelchair and walk. I didn't know that God. And so it caused me to get into the scripture to see more about what Jesus said about healings and signs and wonders and the healings that he did. And so, you know, it was a process. It's been a process. And that's why I say he took me from a baby Christian to one that believes in creative miracles. It didn't happen overnight. It's taken years. But he's continued to just stretch me and grow me and challenge me until, you know, and dig into the word. So where I understand it more. And it was just one day of seeking and searching. I was just walking through the house and there was something that went from my head to my heart. And knowing that I know that I know that my daughter's going to receive a creative miracle, a miracle in her body. You know, she's had doctors heal her. But to have God come in and do something that only is supernatural act, a manifestation from God, you know, I had never believed that before. And so now I do. And I believe it not just for her, but for others. Wow. And this is the theme of the show, this podcast. We know that God works all things together for good for the, and just can turn anything mm-hmm. into something good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So how did God turn your shattered dreams into showers of blessings? Mm-hmm. Well, Paige is my only biological daughter, and she was born early, and that wasn't you know, a lot of babies are born early and she was tiny and a lot of babies are born early and they're tiny. But what happened for her is basically every system, cell, tissue, major organ in her body was compromised after she was born. And I didn't know it. I didn't, it was a surprise. All of this was a surprise to me, but she was born early and, and the doctors would come in like every day and they would tell me this is wrong and this is not working right. And this and, and so it just got to be so heavy for me. I didn't know if I could carry the, the weight of all of this news. And I basically kind of wanted to run from it all because I didn't know if I was going to have a daughter that would leave the hospital or not. But there was one day I remember walking into her room. She was in the NICU, obviously. And I looked to her bed and the first time I saw her eyes, they were open. And I looked at her eyes for the first time. And I wasn't, I was just very intrigued because she locked eyes with me and she was looking at me. And I, for the first time, I was able to see a person inside there and there was something that was we were connecting with our eyes and it was in that moment 
I'm like, I wanted to run, but I could see that this little person needed me. So I'm like, you know what? I need to get over myself and uh, not be afraid for me, but I need to be here for her. And this is kind of out of order, but it's a part, another part of my story. There was a time, and it's mentioned in my book, where I heard the voice of God for the first time. And I didn't understand it as the voice of God, but I heard every good and perfect gift. And even at that time, I didn't know that those words were scripture because that's how baby Christian I was. Mm -hmm. Like I realized that it isn't scripture. It's, you know, every good and perfect gift comes from above. But when I heard those words, I was like, is he talking about Paige? Is this God talking to me about Paige? Is he telling me that she's a perfect gift and that I have a gift here? And so I just started pondering those words and it just was a change in my perspective. I started seeing my daughter as a gift and I started seeing her as a little somebody. Uh, This was not her idea. And she is the one that's going to have to live life like this. And I felt like, why not me? If she's going to, have to be like this, you know, why not me? Instead of why me, why not me? So I was just, I embraced it. And I said, I'm going to take care of her. I'm going to help her. I'm going to do everything that I can do to make her life better. Hmm. So was there a moment that was just a game changer for you regarding your life with Paige? Was that it? Or is there another moment that really felt like a game changer? Well, it was the time. I'll go back. I was out. I I actually had to get away for, a, you know, when I, you know, my heart was struggling with this and I was just not sure how I was going to deal with this. So I went away and it was for just a weekend or something. My parents lived away on some land and I was just outside when I heard those words, every good and perfect gift. And that's when I just sat down and I started pondering these words. And I, I started having revelation that these words were for me and they had meaning and they had to do with page. And so I just, it, it brought me some excitement. It brought me encouragement. It's, these words strengthened me. Mm. And so they really caused me to go back. And actually, I didn't turn back after I understood that she is a gift. Once I knew that she was a gift, I never turned back. And then once I started seeing that she was a gift, I felt like blessings started to come. And I couldn't, I didn't see it at first, but eventually I started realizing, you know, as I resisted the words of the doctors and the nurses and whatnot, you know, there was a resistance there. I continued to step forward in faith. And as I did that, it seemed like there were different things in my life where a blessing would follow. And that's in my book as well. And so I found, I started hearing myself say to others, the sooner you see the blessing, the sooner you receive it. Mm, that's so good. And that is, you know, God doesn't always change the circumstance first. He changes our perspective. Mm-hmm. That, you know, when we all of a sudden realize, okay, this is who God is. He wants to do this, whatever, you know, in your case, he wanted you to see her as a gift and and really experience her as a gift. And I just love that. I so good. So 
I mean, I'm going to, I don't even know if I need to ask you this because I think you already answered it. The how have you changed through your journey with Paige? I mean, I, I think you've already answered that, but is there anything you want to add to that? How have I changed? I mean, it's just a joy. Paige is such a joy. She brings me great joy. And it just brings me joy when I see how others, when she interacts with others, she is just light. And I would not change our story for anything. I would not go back and change one single bit of it. Wow. So have you ever thought of your story as a pro-life story? No, I didn't until recently. I never, I never gave it a second thought. But somebody, there again, somebody mentioned that to me. And it just kind of like, really, why did she say that to me? And so I've been, I've just recently pondered that. And I can, I kind of see how it can be because I fought for her. I fought for her life. Yeah. And I never really thought about that perspective of it. But yes, I did fight for her life. Well, and it is even from the perspective of the fact that you realized that she was a gift. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there are a lot of women find out before they have their babies or, you know, that there's issues and that there's going to be a struggle there to kind of adapt and get the help that they need or whatever. And to have really to have that revelation of they are a gift from God, no matter whether they're well or not right? They are a gift from God. And so I don't know. I mean, I, I could really see that even mm-hmm. though it wasn't like you made a choice to, you know, you, you just embraced what God gave you. Mm-hmm. Right, right. I saw her as a gift. I love that. Yeah, yeah. So is there anything about the process that you'd like to share, maybe to inspire others to tell their story? Well, you know, this last year or so, I kept hearing this is the year of the voice. This is the year of the voice. And I never really felt like my story would help others. But after the book has been released, it's amazing how many people will you know, just come up to me and tell me how much they loved hearing this or knowing that and how much this helped them. And I'm like, really? So, <laughs> like, okay, that's great. And, but there's not, there has not been one single person that has not been ministered by some aspect of my story. Mm-hmm. And so I just, it's been very encouraging to me. And I know it being, it's encouraging for everybody because we all have stories to tell. And we may think our story is nothing special or insignificant, but God has showed me that he will take all of that and make it significant and help others. Amen. Amen. And we think, you know, the devil loves to say, oh, well, who are you? Who wants to hear your story? That doesn't mean anything. Who do you think you are? You know, all of that stuff. And even if someone else has written something similar, it's still not your story. Mm-hmm. And God can use, you know, it's just so cool to see him use our stories in a way that, you know, he's able to do what he wants to do when we respond to his call. Right, right. If my husband has reminded me, actually, we read like Johnny Erickson Tata mm. and her story. And even when we read it, we were, you know, we aren't in a wheelchair or whatever. 
but we, I wanted to know, how did she overcome that? How did she overcome that situation? And so that's more something that I have come to realize about our story. People want to know, how did you overcome that? I may not have a situation that's identical to yours or even similar, but it, it's still an overcoming story. And I want to know how you overcame that situation. Well, and not only that, to know your story, to read your story so that in the future, when you run into another mom mm-hmm. or even single mom with a special needs child, oh, I have a resource for you. This will really encourage you, you know, and 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 just to have that wealth of knowledge of your story and other people's stories that you're able to share with others even. Yes, 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 I agree. Yeah. So every, I've always told you that whenever I see your book cover or your book title, I just hear the Bee Gees in my head. So tell us how you came up with the title. Yeah. So I think that's such a fun thing. I didn't, obviously, I didn't know it at the time, but I had, when I was starting to go right, I found myself at different coffee shops and places like that. And it was, there was one day very early on in my writing that in the midst of all of the noise and the everything going on in the room, I was able to hear above all that noise music playing and it got my attention and I'm listening to it. And it, it was the song by the Bee Gees, Happy Because Your Love. And I kept hearing those words and I'm like, and I started getting emotional. You know, I started getting teary eyed and I'm like, oh my goodness, Lord, is this you? Are you talking to me? Is this, is this something, there's something in the song for me. And I just felt like God was even speaking to me then, you know, how deep is your love for Paige? How Mm -hmm. deep is your love for, you know, your loved ones? How deep is your love for people that, you know, might be difficult to live with. How deep is your love? I mean, it just went through a bunch of how deep is your love for all of these different things. And so I thought, you know what? I think this might be the title of my book. How deep is your love? Wow. And um, I got chills right now. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, yeah. So obviously that's the title. That's what landed on the book. And that's where it was. It was in a coffee shop when I heard it over the speaker. Wow. Okay. So uh, as we kind of wrap this thing up, I would love for you to share a tip or tool, something that has helped you that could help others keep in mind that, you know, God really is working all things together for good, even though it may not look like it to you. Well, I'm going to go back to my saying the sooner you see the blessing, the sooner you receive it. But it really has to do with perspective. And when you're in a situation, if you'll just stop and ask God, can you give me your perspective on this situation? Can you show me, you know, God is love, God is good. And if it doesn't look good and if it doesn't feel like love, then you don't have his perspective yet. Mm-hmm. So if you can just wait and get his perspective and he will give it to you, his word says, when we seek him, we will find him. And so if you're asking him those questions, he will give you his perspective. And once you get his perspective, it it's energizing, it's strengthening, and it encourages. 
So there you go. That's what I would say. Get God's perspective. And you'll, you'll receive a blessing. Amen. Amen. All right. So if we've got some ladies listening that want to uh, connect with you online or on social media, where, where's the best place to do that? Yeah, right now it would be my website and it's my name, uh, Sharon, middle initial M for mom, Richardson, Sharon M. Richardson. So they can reach me there and that would be great. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being with us today. It has been an absolute joy. Anybody out there listening, get two or three copies of How Deep Is Your Love and share them with others. It will not only bless you, but it will bless them. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us today for the All Things Podcast brought to you by Redemption Press and the Romans 828 Bookstore. So, hey, I'd like to ask you a favor. If you would, consider sharing this episode with your friends on social media. And if you haven't yet left a review of the podcast on Apple, I would love it if you would take a minute to do that as it would help other people find the show and also let them know that it's a show worth listening to. So thanks so much for joining us today and I will see you next week. Bye for now.